The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. With us today on Top of the Stretch, Wendy Ross. Wendy, welcome to Top of the Stretch. Hi, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. Now, first of all, your title with the USTA. Public Relations and Social Media Coordinator. Now, that means Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. all those things, right? Yes. Um, I run the Harness Racing Fan Zone. Well, we're, it's a team effort at the USTA. Michael Carter runs more of the USTA platforms, but we consult and kind of talk through everything. So, you know, we help each other, and it's a, it's a big team effort with uh, Jason Turner and Rich Johnston, and um, um, we get to go to all the big races. We don't go as many um, as the USTA traveling team used to because, you know what, so many places – do a lot of great social media on their own so uh but you'll definitely always see us at the hambo uh a lot of the big races breeders crowns things like that little brown jug will be there which of course you and i are already there uh you know so we get to go around and and travel and it it takes us to some really cool things and and we get to uh you know be there for all the big races cover the biggest events there are in harness racing Uh, a lot of coverage on aaron merriman this year when he got his third straight thousand season then right away what was it a week later he gets a number twelve thousand. so yeah you know it's unbelievable the ride we had with Aaron in 18 going into 19 uh for anyone that is not familiar we actually were with him that whole uh journey leading up to him getting his second consecutive thousand win season and then we actually did a three-part series which was a day in the life where him and I rode together uh from him leaving his driveway at Northfield to driving to the Meadows racing at the Meadows back to Northfield to uh racing at Northfield that night so we did a whole day in the life and it was really fun um Aaron's one of my really good friends so it was really special to be a part of that for him and then you know he it wasn't like he wasn't going to do it in 2019, and then all of a sudden he did. So uh, we were we were there at the tail end of it to make sure that we were there uh, to catch that uh, special moment once again. This job with the United States Trotting Association, did it come at the right time of your life? You know, it really did. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a lot of the things when I put it all together in my mind, it felt like fate. Uh, you know, and a little bit of destiny. If you would ask me when I graduated college what I wanted to do, it, it's exactly the job that I am doing right now. Uh, I graduated with PR and communications degree, and I said then if I could do publicity and harness racing, I'd be happy as a clam. And uh, you know, got to land where I am now, and I just always consider myself so lucky that I was able to work with so many great people and, and really be a part of cool events along the way. Uh, that have got me to to this point exactly where I wanted to be so uh, yeah just it felt great but I I was ready for it uh, when it came along it's so funny how it did Uh, my friend Jen Bongiorno never races at the Meadows and her and I are having breakfast uh, it was April 2018 and you know I was looking for a job this type of job to get back into harness racing and she said apply for this job at the USTA I didn't even know the job existed uh, till three days before the deadline and if she wasn't there and didn't enter her horse to race, and we weren't there, we never would have talked about it. So it's weird how it kind of worked out, and, you know, the rest is history from there. Well, let's go back to the very beginning, though. You were actually born into harness racing. I sure was. Um, You know, I'm third generation. Uh, My grandpa uh, went part-time and quit the steel mill 
oh man, back in the late 50s into the 60s there. And uh, I think my dad's first memories of sitting behind a horse, I think he was 12 years old. My dad drove his first horse when he was 15 years old. My grandpa drove. My uncle Dan has done a lot of big things as a driver. It's just harness racing has been in my roots. It's it's really, uh, I take a lot of pride in saying that my family's trained horses for 50 plus years because there aren't a lot of them left nowadays. So I am very proud of my family roots and uh, and everything that they've accomplished. So I always consider myself that I was lucky to be born into the sport and then also have the opportunities I've had along the way. Your mother, one of the best outriders in the sport of harness racing. Yeah, you know, and I always kind of wanted to be an outrider. I think since I was a kid to follow in, in her footsteps, you know, I, I it's easy for me to, to sit and tell stories, but I'm sure one day you could probably tell them better than me because you were there. Uh, through it all and you know from her glory days at the track and you know when the Meadows lost her so um, I know that that was a tough situation but I always wanted to be an outrider and my dad finally let me start when I was about 14 he finally let me start riding county fairs and then you know one thing led to another five six years later I was at Northfield I filled in up there for a little while and then I went to Tioga Downs and it was just all history from there and two trips to Sweden later uh, you know, outriding's always been been so good to me, and I, I feel that there's a lot of girls in the sport that deserve a lot of recognition for to get out there and do it every day like they do. Um, but I always wanted to do it because of my mom, and I was just lucky uh, that kind of you know outriding it led me to, to again one another thing that led me to where I am today. The trip to Sweden, you probably are the only outrider ever invited to outride in Europe. Yeah, that was what was really cool. You know, they don't have outriders in Europe and it's a shame they don't, but they only have trotters over there and you know, they just they don't need them in in a sense. They they really don't. They've gone without them for so long. So it was 2016 and uh, the guys from Savoia Raceway came over and they were doing kind of a little partnership thing with the Meadowlands. They were doing that trot to go over there to see what horse would qualify for the Elite Lopet as they got a plane for that. And of course, my, my great dear, our great dear friend, uh, Sam McKee, uh, he said, I got a girl just for the, and they said they were getting a plane and uh, they wanted to, to uh, put horses on it. And they said they came and they wanted to, to bring an outrider over. And that's how Sam said, he's like, I know a girl, just the right girl for the job. So Sam gave me, uh, me the nod in 2016. So I got to go over there. What an experience it was. And then uh, to be a part of that and then be invited back again in 2017 was even was even better so because I had made some friends and some connections over there so it, it's really cool and something to be a part of and I think a, a feather in my cap would be for the USTA if I could one day work internationally with the tracks over there incorporating some sort of uh, parade mar- or outriding and parade marshal program for to, to get outriders trained over there and for them to have it I think that would be something I'd really be happy to be a part of. And you really haven't got totally away from outriding because you filled in here in the Buckeye State uh, a few racetracks as well. Yes, I'm so lucky. One of my best friends, uh, Ashley Holiday, she rides here at uh, she rides at Dayton, Miami Valley, and, and soon to be Scioto Downs this summer. So she's uh, going to be riding all three tracks in Ohio. And sometimes she calls on me, and she needs me to come out there and ride with her. She has two of my horses uh, that she keeps uh, at her farm and uses at all the tracks. So you know, it's nothing for me to come and ride with her, and it makes it's it's nice for me. Uh, to be able to get out there and uh, you know it's an old hat when I get out there and it's something I still really do enjoy. 
one thing that I do when I feel I get the itch to want to call some races, I call Barry Vickroy and say, hey, why don't you take a night off? I'd love to announce the races. Uh, I got a feeling Wendy Ross may do the same thing with Ashley Holiday one of these days. Yeah, you know, you'll see me at Miami Valley here in a couple weeks coming up, and I'm sure I'll make a guest appearance at Scioto Downs in the summer probably too, but it's something, like I said, that I still have the opportunity to do. I think television, the publicity end, is where my heart's always been, and like I said, I'm lucky uh, to have been able to do both. Uh, but, you know, even I said, if, if Savalia calls again and we got to go to Europe, I'm, I said, I told Ashley, I'm sending her on the horse and I'm going over and doing TV this time. <laughs> now, off the wall, what do you do when you're, now wait, no, i got to go back one other step we didn't get into, racehorse ownership. Oh, yes. Well, you you know, it's funny because everyone knows that, you know, I've been really lucky. I, I think I owned my first horse in 2006, and, and I've just been really lucky to have some nice horses that I didn't pay a ton of money for along the way that have just raced well for me uh, and for the connections that I've had in my life along the way. But uh, right now I own half of a trotter. Uh, my boyfriend. Which half? Um, the, the, good, the best half, but uh, with uh, my boyfriend Brady Gallers and his his parents uh we have we actually it's it's kind of a cinderella story we didn't pay much for him and in the delaware sale 2018 and uh heck he's went on to be a really nice horse for us and he's my pet i won't think brady would say the same but um i have uh, half of him and he's racing in like the un, uh, upper condition trots at, at miami valley right now and i have a quarter of a pacer an ohio bred that uh is coming back uh, to race at four so just uh, that half and quarter right now and that's plenty for me but i always like to dabble in some horse ownership i like to reinvest into the sport i think if you got 10 or twenty thousand laying around it's a good investment uh to to invest in half or, or a quarter of a horse because especially you know in ohio the races and the conditions we go for we talk about fractional ownership and the folks that own one percent still get the biggest thrill in the world when that horse that they got one percent of it goes to the winner's circle so they get the same feeling as if they owned a half of the horse you know and, and that's that's so true michael carter you know jessica schroeder is was one of our uh she started the fractured ownership for the usta and she did such a great thing so others have followed suit uh but michael carter my colleague he has he has a part of a horse i think it's one percent um of a pace in philly and, and he's just been just as excited to watch her race so that fractional ownership really gets people involved it's a great thing uh that was established and you know it's super and i i recommend it to anyone listening if you get a chance get out there and get part of one off the wall if you had to live on one food the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, I, I, I think I'd have to say uh, pizza and bread, but I, I, you know, I, I eat pretty clean and pretty healthy, so you know, I'm, I'm a pretty lean eater, but you know, and also chicken wings. I really like chicken wings. If that was my food, if that's what I could do and be super skinny, I, I'd, be, I'd be really happy, but you know, life doesn't work like that, so I gotta kind of watch what I eat, and uh, you know, I hit the gym probably five, six days a week too. Gotta, gotta keep, keep working at it. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.